Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yo, what is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boys, Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez. Welcome back to another episode of the Talent Factor Podcast, where talent is always the factor. You know the motto, Keith. Baby, what's up, man? DP, what's going on, my brother? How you doing? Uh, nothing much, nothing much, man. You, you know the name. You know the name's changed a little bit with the full-time game <laughs> uh, popping off. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Paige and Kyle Krabs last week making my summer before the summer even got here you know what i mean but uh you know talking about making the summer and having fun with some stuff let's let's shout out to our partners at bet online as they continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information find all of the latest sports developments including updated odds on the nba and nhl playoffs major league baseball fights and even next season's nfl futures BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head over to the website today. Use or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code Believe B L E A V to receive receive fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the games starts. So Keith. Talking about starting, right? Like we are the the draft's over. We're heading, you know, heading to the kind of that slow period for NFL football. But college football is still, you know, still around. A lot of stuff going on. We talked last week with the transfer portal. Quarterbacks will continue to rule all discussions, as we know, right? And there's nothing more important than having a quarterback. Well, then having people that chase quarterbacks, right? The 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 edge rushers and. We saw a talented edge group in this in the 2022 class that was led by, you know, well, Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, Jareen Johnson, Kayvon. It was a really loaded group of guys. And they're not even just first round, but, man, second and even third. You would get some really high-value type of talent at that position. And, Keith, decided, we decided to kind of look into the college uh, atmosphere right now and, and look at some guys that we want to put on everybody's radar heading into 2022, the 2022 season, and the 2023 draft. Keith, let's start off with Washington Edge, Zion Tupuola Fatui. Uh-huh. Let, let me see if you're going to get that right. You got it right? <laughs> I got it right. I got it right. I'm not going to say it again. I'm going to use his, his, uh, his abbreviation, ZTF, going forward, but I had to nail the first All one. Right. That would, nah, for sure. I, um, I'm going to have to steal those abbreviations, too, because I was a little <laughs> nervous. I'm up here trying to do the enunciations to make sure I get it right. Um, but, now nah, we get, get into this guy, man. So this is a guy who had a, a hell of a 2020 campaign, right? Um, was really dominant, high-level sack production guy, was really a, a force for their Washington defense. And then, obviously, you know, he injured himself, so he wasn't able to play the, the entire 2021 season. And I think for him – um, you know, he felt it was lackluster, right? Like he, he could have really helped himself. And then knowing that he was in a really deep edge class, he decided to come back to college, which I believe was was smart in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. You you could put up better numbers and, you know, really make a, um, you know, a pathway for yourself to possibly be a, a first rounder or, or at least a high two, right? 
Um, and, and just looking at ZTF, we're going to go ahead and, and coin that right now, right? We're going to go ahead and coin ZTF. <laughs> Man, I just think he's a just a productive football player. There, there's nothing flashy about this guy, but you have to appreciate the fact that he's a football player that just manages to get the job done, right? Um, when I look at him, I thought I seen a very smooth um, edge rusher, and he he just had a knack for finding a football. So even in just his his slight return to the game, I think he was able to make some impactful plays, and you really seen a flash and a quick glimpse of who he can be as an edge rusher. No, I agree. And I think the one thing that I really loved about his game in 2020 was the fact that he consistently got not just get to the quarterback, right? He was he was he was able to pressure guys. He had seven sacks, but he had three forced fumbles as well. And we know we talk about this with cornerbacks. Like it's one thing to 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 play lockdown defense, right? It's one thing to to shut your side down. But when these quarterbacks do test you, take the ball away, get the ball back for your offense, and that's how you keep your your offense in a rhythm as well. And even if you, your offense is kind of sputtering, if you are able to 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 generate pressure, and that was something he consistently did in in 2020. There's a lot of there's a lot of spots where you see him just getting in the backfield. Even if he overruns it, he still is able to redirect himself, turn, and get back to the quarterback and still put that pressure and make it and make the quarterback feel his presence. And that's what you look for. He has a good speed to power conversion. I like his ability to walk tackles back into the lap of um into their quarterbacks. And then the fact that the fact that matters, he has a nice little double hand swipe to win the edge and win the arc as well as with his first uh first step explosiveness he has a nice little first step to come off the ball so he's somebody i'm really excited to see come back healthy keith because at the end of the day you think about you know usc and utah he's gonna you know when you get on the field with those guys oregon there's gonna be some big time moments for him in the pac-12 because mm-hmm. the pac-12 is trying to make their way back to a prominent conference not saying that they're a bad conference but to where they have prominent players in terms of teams in the playoff rankings in the top 10 top 15 consistently so when you think about being able to have those games on maybe some primetime games at night and zion is back ztf is back he's back healthy you know, I'm not. Yeah, I wasn't. I, I wasn't going to do it again, Keith. I wasn't going to try to say that name again. ZTF is healthy. Like he has the opportunity in some big moments and big games, man. Like if you get you get a chance to chase down Caleb Williams, like that. That's a big. That's a big moment. Big spotlight as one of the better quarterbacks in college football. So I'm definitely. I feel like everybody should absolutely put him on their watch list and on their radar because this young man, 2020 was was a great year for him. 2021 was rough because of the injury. He's coming back. He comes back healthy, explosive, and back to his former self, as in when he was healthy before. Keith, we can see a guy that has another anywhere from seven to ten sacks and a couple more strip sacks heading into his NFL draft stock. Yeah, no, I agree. And and just watching him, um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to make the comparison yet. But if I had to compare him for one guy from this past class, when you talk about probably from a measurable standpoint and just what they can do on the next level. And um, it's a guy that we kind of had trouble with pegging, but I think we've seen the value of him. And that was like George Karlaftis, right? Mm -hmm. Because Karlaftis didn't have any type of measurables that were outstanding, but he was good against the run. And like you said, he he just managed to disrupt the passer. And I think that's what ZTF is going to be. Now, it'll be interesting because I feel as though his projection to have a lot of ebbs and flows in it throughout the season, depending on his sack numbers, production, and just how he plays overall. But I think a finished product 
would be something similar to a George Kalafta's type projection, just as far as him possibly, you know, sliding into that late first round, especially, you know, just with our early on evaluations. Absolutely. We all know that that pass rushers are just they're they're coveted, man. Like NFL mm-hmm. loves them. You need them, especially right now with everything being so pass happy. You need these guys that can get after the quarterback and not just get after them, get after them consistently and then take the ball away. Cause that's that was like for me, that was the part I really love when I was watching him from 2020. There were times where he you could tell he made that decision, like, do I drag the quarterback down? Or do I play the hands? And he mm-hmm. played the hands. And that's something that not every pass rusher, even though even the great ones, you know, that are coming out. Everyone doesn't think like that. You know what I mean? To make that split decision like, okay, I've, the ball flashes in his face or in his peripheral vision, and it's like instead of grabbing the quarterback, let me slap the hands. Let me knock the hands down and potentially create a turnover for my defense and get the, back to, get the ball back to my offense in a short field. Those things are so coveted and, and, and so needed when you're looking at when we're studying pass rushers. But let's talk about one of your boys over there at LSU, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like we always find someone from LSU to talk about <laughs> on the podcast, Keith. But uh, <laughs> it's just natural, ladies and gentlemen. It's just a natural thing. But B.J. Ojolari, the younger brother of uh, Aziz Ojolari, who had a successful year as a rookie with the New York Giants last year, now is going to be paired up with Kayvon Thibodeau. That's a dangerous combination in itself. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's kind of scary to look at, you know what I mean? So with BJ, with BJ he, he's a six, let's say at 6'3", about 240, 245. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you've seen on tape with him? Yeah, I mean, just relentless motor, right? And and you combine that with the athleticism and the first step that he has. Cause this is a very explosive kid off the edge. And, you know, coming in coming into LSU, there was a guy that we, we predominantly thought was going to be a 3-4 outside linebacker. But we all know up until this point, LSU's scheme changed and it went to a 4-3. And that, I felt as though it kind of affected him a little bit, just his ability to play the run and then just really putting him in advantageous situations that really fit his skill set, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm interested to see what the new defensive coordinator, they decide to do with him because I think if you really – um, instead of making him fit into your scheme and build a scheme around him and find a role for him, this could be a high-level sack. I'm talking about double-digit sack guy because his first step combined with his athleticism, his fluidness in the in in open field, the ability to redirect and change directions is is unmatched, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, I man, I, I think the, the, the sky is the – there's no 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 ceiling on this play. Right? I, I think he can, you know, definitely get into that first round. And like we say, we you talk about edge rushers. The NFL consistently shows us that they covered these guys. You've seen his brother Aziz Ajalara, who I would say this. I think body profile they're a little bit different. I believe mm-hmm. Aziz is a little bit heavier than BJ. Yeah. But a B, BJ, I believe, will be a better edge rusher, just flat out rusher and pass. I guess you know, just getting a sack. He he would be much better um, at that on the next level. So, man, I, I just talk about a high level football player and then his character is all is off the charts too. The guy never misses practice, never misses workout is always. Yes, sir. No ma'am. When he's speaking to everybody. Um, so man, you just, you just talking about somebody that's going to test off the charts. Also, it's just a matter of where his weight come in because he may be closer to two thirty than the two forty, Right. So mm-hmm. I think yeah. that'll be interesting to see, um, you know, if he comes out this year, where he shows up at the combine to make sure, you know, you know how they go. They got to run up yeah. 40 times. So <laughs> weight. But for him, you don't want him to cut too much weight because we've seen the blowback from that with a guy like a my J Sanders or something. Mm-hmm. like that. Um, So man, I, I just think there's a high level productive football player that 
I, I expect him if they if they build a scheme around him, man, he's going to be a very productive edge rusher. Absolutely, I, I loved watching them, and like you, you, lay, you listed a lot of things that I wrote down. Read, just a re, redirect his ability to redirect. He's a reactive athlete too, and you know, you, you look at the production. You know, twenty twenty he had four sacks this year. Uh, coming off of, out of twenty twenty one, he had seven sacks. Right, but one thing I loved about him, I wrote down was like always gaining ground, no matter what mm-hmm. move he threw at the offensive line, whether it was a long arm, whether it was a swipe, whether it's a spin. There's reps where he's spinning going from, you know, selling the outside rush and spinning back inside, but he's constantly gaining ground and, and, and creating kind of pressure on the offensive tackle where once he spins and completes the spin, and we know how we, we call it kind of just, you know, a stab the ice pick in the back of the of the tackle. When he finishes the spin, he's literally right in the lap of quarterbacks. And that's something you don't always see with guys. They spin and they – maybe gain a little bit of ground or sometimes they stay in the same position depending on how athletic or fluid they are, but he's fluid. He's springy. He's got bend. And like you said, if they build the the front around him, how they want to attack quarterbacks, him and Allie Gay, man, uh, we talked about him, you know, recently we talked about him off air. Uh, also, Allie Gay and him could be literally one of the more dangerous pass rushing duo, not just in yeah. the SEC, but in the country. So you and you have two different style rushers, two explosive kind of athletes. Allie Gay is built like a legit power forward. You know what I mean? <laughs> at six seven, like two sixty five, two seventy, or whatever he weighs at, like he's a big, long, thick frame. And then you have the more compact, even I think he's what, like I said, he's listed like what, 6'4", uh, yeah, 6'3", 240, 245, which will, may fluctuate. But with, with BJ Ojolari, that that explosiveness, that natural rush ability, being able to sell and win outside, and you think about what that first step quickness, that explosive first step is going to do, it's going to make these offensive tackles open the gate and turn and commit outside, which would then allow him to either spin back, rip but rip back through, just set up more moves. And and when I watch this kid, man, and then for somebody to be at his weight, he played with like you said that 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 motor also went into his strength. I saw him yeah, be he, able to he, use he has leverage. great functional strength. Has really yes. and, and you know he's he's very flexible when you talk about core strength also because you always see him in these unorthodox body positions, right? Mm-hmm. But it's never losing. Like he's rarely on the ground where it's like, okay, just knock him over and he's done. He's a really annoying player for an offensive <laughs> right. lineman. He's he just a, because he's never out of the fight, right? Like you never get the 10 count and it's like, you know what? I finished BJ Algelaris because, man, it's just his motor. Like you said, just combined with his, his functional strength and his athleticism, he's always a threat to kind of retrace and make the sack. He can make the initial sack off his initial pass rush. So, Man, you just talk about a dangerous guy and, and just, you know, you project him to the NFL. I think he's going to affect quarterbacks just be off of his motor alone, right? Like, like even if you don't factor in his hand technique and, you know, his pass rush sequence, just his motor and effort alone, he'll be able to um, just affect the quarterback. So, man, I'm excited to see what BJ does this year because, um, man, you, you talk about just a, a surprising guy that can just blow up on people's radars. I, I think he's definitely a name you need to highlight. Oh, absolutely. And just being, of course, being in the SEC, you know, he's going to see Jackson Dart. He's going to see Bryce Young. He's going to see, you know, Anthony Richardson at Florida, uh, you know, most likely Max Johnson at what Texas A&M. He's going to see some good quarterbacks and good offensive linemen. And he goes out there and puts up seven, eight, even double digit sacks. It's going to really pencil him as one of those, okay, 
teams looking at, I need my three, four outside linebacker to come in as my pass rusher. I'm looking at a BJ Ojolari first round. So I'm excited to see what this young man is able to do. Keith, now different body type we're about to get into. Isaiah mm-hmm. Foskey over yeah. at Notre Dame, 6'5", 260, long levers, man. Uh, and I literally just sat, I did a film session with a couple guys um, this past Saturday, more Saturday afternoon around 12, we were watching them. And I'm not going to lie, Keith, I, I mean, the production is there from last year. He had 11 sacks. He had 38 tackles. Well, 52, 38 solo. He had uh, six forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. So he was extremely productive. But when you turn the tape on, it's so crazy watching it, Keith, because Notre Dame didn't just let him play as an edge rusher. No, they put I'm, him as a stack linebacker. Or yeah. They put him as the uh, <laughs> overhang. They did all type of different things with him. And I'm like, he still had 11 sacks and six forced fumbles. It's incredible. Yeah, no, nah, I, I immediately thought of Isaiah Simmons. And not Me from too. the athletic freak standpoint, playing safety, playing corner. I'm not talking about that from that standpoint. What I'm talking about is a defender that they move all around the box. And I feel as though – their physique, they're v- probably very similar to. I'm not sure if Isaiah Foskey is really 6'5", 260, maybe yeah. closer to 6'4", 245 or something like that. But, man, just his movement skills, he has really good clo- like closing speed to the ball carrier. Um, I thought he was another guy that really redirected well. When he had to change direction, you, he, he not only had the ability to change direction, but it had a little pop to it, right? Mm-hmm. It had a little quickness to him. Um, he had a burst out of his uh out of his plant. So man, you talk about just another good football player. And like you say, man, 11 sacks and that was being moved all over the defense. And it was kind of frustrating watching him because I'm yeah. like, man, I just want you to just rush the quarterback. <laughs> just let him rush the quarterback, do what he does best. Defensive coordinator, I get it. You can draw up all type of defenses. You're the man. You know, like it's one of those yeah. things where like, yeah. man, but at some point. We have to let the players play, right? Like, this is not a, a scheme thing. Let your best player do what he does best, and that's rush the passer. So I was uh, – man, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised, and I believe he was a draft-eligible guy this year. So I was surprised he didn't come out because I think this is a, a player that had a real shot at being a, a top-20 pick. Like, I, w- I would – we talked about George Carlaftis earlier, and I believe George Carlaftis went – with late that 20, second, late, yeah, he, went, he went late first, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. to Kansas City. Yeah, and, and and I believe he definitely would have finished above above Carlaftis, right? Now, when you talk about Aiden Hutchinson, Jermaine Johnson, and Trayvon Walker, maybe not. But those teams sitting in that 20th range and they still need an edge rusher, I believe that it will been an even closer battle between him and Jermaine Johnson. And you probably would have seen a Carlaftis type guy get bumped to maybe the second round. Second round. No, I, I completely agree. And and like I said, you look at him, he's got the long arms. He knows how to, to use that to his advantage and create that separation between him and the offensive lineman, keeping them all out of his chest and out of his out of his chest plate and, and out of his pad area. He's a little raw because as we talked about, right? Like the way that they use him similar to Isaiah Simmons, he doesn't have the the full technique down in terms of counters and in hand hand to hand combat. But if they just let him play the edge more so in twenty twenty two, this up and coming season, and allow him to develop that because that's the part that's really missing from his game. This high motor, high effort, explosive, 
He's got the physical the physicality to go from uh, speed and convert that to power, right? He can bend the edge and and, and flatten to the quarterback. But then, like you said, the ability to redirect, and not just as a rusher, but, man, like there's times where they have him dropping off in the curl of flats, and he looks comfortable. They got him in man coverage taking wheel routes with running backs down the sideline, and he's comfortable doing it. That shows where he is as an athlete. Now, you use that athleticism, that length, that body type, and what he already has physically and allow him to mature as a pass rusher, it's like, man, this is really going to, especially now that you, yeah, Kyle, Kyle Hamilton's gone. You bring in, um, you know, one of the better safeties that, uh, that's been Brandon called, Joseph. Yeah, Brandon, Brandon Joseph, right, in the back end. So now you have an opportunity to say, okay, we got a player in the front, in the front seven, and we got a player in the back. So now we can do a lot of different things. We can let him just go and allow Brandon to roam and try to create some, some, uh, some turnovers and get the ball back to our offense where we don't know what that offense is truly going to look like this season. No Kyron Williams, Jack Cohn's gone, and different things like that. So, man, when I watched him, like I said, I was frustrated too. I was real frustrated watching because I was just like, come on, Notre Dame. Like, you know what I mean? Because I'm, 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 a lot of times I had, thought, I had the thought, I'm like, man, I hope they don't do this next year. Like, that was my right. thought. Right? Yeah. Like, just, just from a, a talent evaluation standpoint and it's too good getting to know exactly who this player is, I, I really was like, man, I hope they don't do this next year. But – I mean, I will say this, he, he's effective at everything he mm-hmm. does, and he put together a full resume. Like you talked about him dropping in coverage. That was amazing. That was fluid. Like you said, he looked very comfortable. We know he can blitz. We know he can get after the quarterback. So, man, I'm I'm, I'm excited about him uh, next year also. He, he, I'm going to tell you where if they continue, if they don't let him play full-time edge, where I actually see a team like – and it's the, a team like a New England Patriots. The way that yeah. Bill Belichick, when he drafted Jamie Collins, Jamie Collins played edge, safety, and linebacker. I think Southern Mississippi or Southern, I think it was Southern Mississippi. Southern he played it. Yeah. So, like, he played all over the defense, right? He was kind of that jack of all trades, that hybrid guy. Then he bring and Belichick drafts him, brings him in, and he does similar things, right? He's rushing off the edge, he's playing in it. Him and Dante Hightower were one of the most dominant A gap blitzers uh, mm-hmm. pairing in the foot in the in the NFL at the time that we were together. And then you see him in in the overhang, lined up in nickel, covering Wes Welker when he was on the Broncos, and just stuff that you don't expect a guy that big and that long. You're surprised by the athleticism. So I'm hoping that that they allow. Foskey to really play the edge and really just get after the passer so he can continue to develop because we all know come draft season, right? We we've seen it with Kyle Hamilton and we've seen it with Jermaine Johnson and Kayvon Thibodeau. They're gonna people will literally start nitpicking certain things. It was like, well, yeah. Foskey didn't play at full-time edge. Where do we play him in the NFL? Like people are creating these these narratives and these conversations based on how a kid is used in college. And so I get it. Like you said, Notre Dame, it works for you. It helps your defense out. Is similar to what Arkansas did with Traylon Burks, right? Let's get the ball into our best player's hands. We don't care how we got to do it. But allow him to develop because if he can develop as, as, develop technically and, and mature his handwork and everything else, as a pass rusher, like he, this this kid, like legit sky's the limit for what he can what he can become uh, once he gets to the NFL. But um, so next, like, because this is it's it's, it's a lot of guys that could have made this list. Keith. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, to it's no, nah, it, it's definitely a hell of a list, man. When you like, you just beat <laughs> off these guys and you even throw them in the bucket compared to this past year, and they're right up there with those guys. Um, Absolutely. And, that, and that's most of them as sophomores. 
Oh yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's crazy just to look at the talent and, and and going out of Clemson, right? Clemson offensively struggled mightily in twenty twenty one, right? But their defense, man, their defense is still was still loaded, and a lot of people only knew the names of Andrew Booth Jr. and Mario. Yeah, Good- it's true, man. I because I, you know obviously my my background working in college football, and you know I know the head coaches and offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators get a lot of credit. Um, but I, I want to give a quick shout out to defensive line coach Todd Bates because that guy's done a hell of a job recruiting the top defensive linemen to Clemson and, you know, just allowing Clemson to be Clemson, just having that good dominant defensive line because we watched the defensive backs and linebackers in the past, right? And we've yep. been like, it's usually just one or two draftable guys. It's really that defensive line that really holds this thing together. So I just wanted to give him a shout out real quick. Nah, for sure, for sure. Love that. And like you said, it. You look at this that defensive line, what they have right now, and I, and the next guy on our list is Miles Murphy. Miles yeah. Murphy, man, is a long, physical, you know, athletic guy that can play inside and out. You know, he he gives you those type of that type of versatility, which again, going into the NFL, you love. You know, being six foot five, two seventy five, he had seven sacks last year and a forced fumble, and you see the his game. Like I said, you see him moving all over the place. He's in he's in a two point stance. He's in a three point stance. He's lined up inside in the four point stance as a three eye and the four eye. And it's just like those are the type of things that, that that was intriguing to me. And just watching him be able to convert speed to power, use his length, man. Like I said, being six foot five, knowing how to keep those offensive linemen off of you, his effort is there. He knows how to win with wide and condensed angles, which is something I really love because some guys only can win off of the wide angles because that's how they mm-hmm. set up their inside outside rush ability in terms of winning off the edge edge and be able to cross face but you know and the, the, the IQ the football IQ is big for me Keith because there's you see it on tape where he's rushing up field but his eyes never leave the quarterback so he never loses contain to where the quarter we know what that's one of the main things like a lot of quarterbacks especially pocket quarterbacks they want to step up okay let your edge rushers flow by me I'm gonna step up as long as my interior O-line is fine I can still make the play and he's the type of rusher that when he is on the edge he will pressure the outside uh shoulder of an offensive tackle and control that path and still redirect, keep that containment and come back and get the quarterback. So he's a, he's a headsy, a high football IQ young man. And then, like I said, looking at what he's able to do, using that, that length and that leverage to win. Um, even when he doesn't have the, the, I guess you could say the prototypical bend and flexibility that you want in the edge rusher, but you're looking for a four, three defensive end. Miles Murphy's your guy. Yeah, man. Just watching him, it brought up so many questions and good questions. And, <laughs> yeah. and just and just projecting it to next class, right? Because the first person that I thought of watching him was Trayvon Walker. Mm, yep. And Trayvon Walker went number one this past draft. And it was because of the flexibility that he has, right? He he's that the probably very similar measurable, six five, two seventy-five-ish. Can play if you if you write up the report, it's very similar things, right? Very can play similar. inside, outside, can play two eye, three, four eye, five tech for you. <laughs> Doesn't have great bend on the edge, but is effective on the edge, but really good against the run, probably better as a three tech rushing, you know, from from the interior defensive line position. That's very comparable, you know, reports as far mm-hmm. as you know, player comparisons. And I just thought, like, man, like what happens come draft season, right? right. Like, in, you know, is is it a team like a, a Jacksonville? Hopefully it's not Jacksonville again. Hopefully they're right. not number one <laughs> again. But, you know, just one of those teams where, 
maybe they need an interior defensive lineman and they decide to go this way because Miles Murphy is a very productive football player. He, he mm-hmm. look, Listen, he's really good. You know, like at the end of the day, he's a very productive football player, like I said. And I just thought that coming down the stretch and like you said, we really, you know, the NFL community, they start to really unravel everything and pull back all the di- different layers. And the question that came up is, does this guy have a shot at being the number one overall draft pick next year because he plays a premium position, he's versatile, he's he's very productive, and we just seen it happen this past year. Right, right. So I, I, that's that's kind of where my mind went. You know, I was thinking we just finished the draft, but I I, I just spring loaded into next year and just you know just thinking about this. So I thought that was a very interesting uh, comparison. No, that, that's a that's a that's a spicy thought, but it's a well thought out <laughs> spicy thought because I like that because that's the first thing that came to my mind too. Just watching how Clemson used him, they kicked him inside, kicked him outside, mm-hmm. widened his pass. They did so many different things with him in terms of alignment and, and, and how they set up hit, helped set up his rush, uh, his rush attacks. And it was like I, I literally was sitting there I was like, man. Trayvon Walker did these exact same things, right? Yeah. It was just like the only thing I, I think Trayvon Walker is a little more physical than him, but not by much. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm watching him literally come from an edge position, pre-snap, and then slice inside and and, and stuff the pulling guard and mm. you know, similar thing, just like what we watched Trayvon Walker do against Michigan, laying out the this. I think it was uh, Andrew Stuber who got drafted to the Patriots in the in on day three. Like they did. Like those are they're very similar. So like watching him, man, I'm excited to see what him and Brandon Brzee are able to do on Clemson's defensive line, um, especially if they can get that offense rolling and put themselves in more advantageous situations where these guys can just pin their ears back. I want to see more of Miles Murphy getting the, getting upfield and attacking quarterbacks. But Keith, you you brought up will he? You know, does he have a shot to be the number one pick next year? And I'm not going to lie to you, Keith, if it was any other class without this particular man, <laughs> he would. He would have a shot. But, you know, when we, like I said, most of these guys that we're talking about, some, you know, some people don't know right now. And this guy, everybody knows, but I just yeah. couldn't, I couldn't go number one, with, you know, come to the top of the list without mentioning Will Anderson over at Alabama. You know, Mr. Mister, I get pressure. You know what I mean? Like he is the total package. Speed to power mature hand-to-hand combat artist, leverage, knows how to attack the edge of each shoulder, you know, nonstop motor, physical, powerful, everything that you want in the rusher. And it's crazy because now I, I like I don't I haven't seen any comps on him yet, but the first comp that kind of popped in my mind, I thought about Khalil Mack coming out of Buffalo. Okay. And I was like, okay, like Stand-up edge rusher, you can put his hand in the dirt. He can, he's going to play the run physically. He's going to get after the pass. He's got the elite first step to be able to get to get past. Uh, you know, especially when he's especially if he times it, it's like almost impossible to get your hands on him. And then when you do get your hands on him, he's still got the hand, the the powerful hands to swipe and rip and get your hands and disengage and still bend and close. This, this this young man is special, Keith. Like, you know what I mean? We watched the spring game, and I was I felt so bad for the left tackle that they had out there. Because it was like it, what was crazy about the whole ordeal is that he was sacking, like getting his taps on Bryce Young, and he wasn't even going hard. Like, he wasn't even yeah. giving it his whole bag like you, we've seen him in game or even against reps against Evan Neal, you know, in previous practices, you know, you know previous years rather. 
And I'm just like, man, like, he's just out there just chilling, like, winging it. Like, oh, I'm going to come off the ball. He's coming off just kind of slow, and then boom, little swipe. I uh, got you, Bryce. Like, it was just – it was literally like child's play for him. So, I, I, I don't know, like, legitimately, I, I, we love Kayvon and Aiden and all those boys, but none of them can touch where Will Anderson is as an edge rusher. Yeah, um, watching Will Anderson, I, I, I just have to say this. Will Anderson was the best – college football player last year mm-hmm. and he still has room for development yep um because watching him is is he's winning off a of strictly functional strength right now right like he he, he does use a two-hand swipe from time to time but mm-hmm. when you talk about his pass rush and his hands and his technique being really refined like an Aiden Hutchinson it's not there yet like if you yeah, had to grade it it's, it's probably a b minus right and it's and it's basically on strength like his ability to convert speed to power and really just flush offensive linemen into their own backfield and then make a play like that's his thing like he's running through offensive linemen right now right, yeah, right. wait until he decides okay i can run around you because I was, yeah. I was watching one of the games and they had a statistic and he had the fastest i want to be believe 10 yards split of anybody's on alabama's team so that's not just saying out of the defensive lineman. That's not saying out of the defense. That's saying everybody included, right? The offense, everybody included. He had the fastest 10-yard split. So when this guy really understands how to really attack edges, it's going to be really scary for offensive lineman because right now he he's just winning with brute strength and just continually just to overpower you and just beat you over the head for 90 plays a game. So you you came up with the um, – with the comparison of Khalil Mack, I'll tell you this, Will Anderson reminds me of another uh, college football player who played their football in the state of Alabama, but he played at Troy. And that's DeMarcus Ware. Will mm-hmm. Anderson reminds me like of DeMarcus that. Ware all the way down to the arm brace, right? Because when DeMarcus Ware in his later years, he had the arm brace. And mm-hmm. I, I can see the same trajectory for Will Anderson that DeMarcus Ware had. Took him he was a, you need a little bit more refinement, but just from the tools, the athleticism, the arm length, you've seen it was there. The run game stuff was there early and just needed to develop the pass rush stuff. And I think DeMarcus Ware um, career took that same type of trajectory to where he became a double-digit sack, sack guy and was really dominant. And I could really see the same thing with Will Anderson. So, man, I'm, like I said, man, this guy was the best college football player last year. Right. And he still has room to grow. So, Offensive lineman, be, beware, man, because this this guy's coming. And I think that's exciting to know that you're not watching a guy that's tapped out, you know, because right. that, that's very rare that you get a guy who's the best player in college football and you can cut it back on and say, wait, he has some things he needs to work on. Because, cool. even, yeah. yeah, even when his, his he had double-digit sacks last year, you couldn't really point to one thing besides the functional strength, right? Like, it wasn't yeah. like, oh, man, that was a great whatever move. It was really just him, like – He's just out there getting after it. Like just meant for the it's, it's really for the love of the game, sex. And it's because yeah. he wants to get to the quarterback and he and he loves playing that position. So man, I'm like you said, Will Anderson's number one. I believe in this past class, he would have been the number one overall player oh, because the talent is is that undeniable. And, and like you so said, you talk about especially his athleticism. There are times where they run those games, those ET and TE stunts, yeah. and he's able to whip around into the interior of the offensive line, and it's just like the quarterback is like a deer in headlights because they're like, I didn't expect him to not just get there, but close so quickly. Yeah. You know what it is? It's terrifying. Watching him, you kind of feel like 
okay, this is too easy, right? Like you almost discredit him because it's so easy for him. Like you're like, man, I need to see some real reps. But when you cut on the film, I mean, he's playing Georgia, right? Like he, he's playing LSU, like he's playing some top teams. Mm -hmm. It's just that easy for him. And yeah. man, I, I just I just think that's a testament to his athleticism, work ethic. I had the opportunity to recruit the guy uh, when I was at LSU and, you know, had a couple conversations with him and, you know, got him on campus. When I talk about just a, a A-plus character guy that cares about football, loves football, but then not only that, man, just off the field. He's a he's a people person. Um, he 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 loves doing the right thing. Grade A family. They raised him the right way. So, barring it being a quarterback, right, a Bryce Young, right. a CJ Stroud, we can expect this guy to be number one next year. Yeah, I, I just don't. You know, I've seen some some mocks where they have like five quarterbacks going in front of yeah. this young man. And I'm like, listen, you take five quarterbacks in front of Will Anderson. <laughs> This going to remember the, I can't remember which year it was. Was it 20, 2012? Maybe it may have been 2012 when JJ Watt them came out and it was like Christian Ponder and all those. Oh, yeah. Walker. 2011, yeah, I believe. 2011. That was a horrible quarterback class. And it was just like, you you drafted these guys in front of JJ Watt. Like, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't even hindsight. It was like you watched JJ Watt play in college. It was like he's better than Christian Ponder, but you know, the court, the positional value that everybody likes to throw out there. And it's just like, yeah, please don't let don't make that mistake. Don't be that team that drafts a terrible quarterback. Yeah. Cause you reach for one. And then Will Anderson's a gold jacket Hall of Famer at the end of his career. And they're like, man, how did he make it to eight? Like, yeah. oh, yeah, well, you know, two teams in front of him said we're going to go quarterback because we need – no, come on, man. Like, Will Anderson's that guy. He is that dude. And like you said, he has so he still has room to grow. And, and, and what he's been able to do thus far, I think he had like 17 and a half sacks last year. Just yeah. winning with athleticism, power, and a relentless motor is just, it's just incredible. But, Keith, man, you know it's always fun talking ball with you, brother. Like, it's always a good time, man. Oh, yeah. We it's we getting close fun. to that time. We You know, we're taking it week by week, right? But we're yeah. we getting close to, to college football kickoff. And, you know, this is an exciting podcast for me because, I one, I love going through the, the player evaluations to give our listeners just a kind of, you know, I guess a look ahead to who, who will be making those um, you know, big time plays and those big time moments and, you know, just more than show the college football fans or NFL fans also. So they can kind of start, you know, garnering up who they want on their team. We know you put out the top 50 player rankings and, you know, just immediately after the um, after the draft. draft. Yeah, man, that's full time. Dame always working, baby. Always working, baby. <laughs> that's how I got full time. I can't stop working, man. <laughs> I had to show Paige them that I was a worthy investment. That ROI is going to be nice and high when it's all said and done. You know what I mean? But, guys, listen, as always, we appreciate all the love and support. Continue to uh, check out the podcast. Subscribe, share, rate, love, whatever. Continue to do it. We appreciate it. Um, we will be back next week talking. What we said? We said we're going to talk linebackers, right? We're going to we're going to talk some linebackers, man, and in a position that people try to devalue. But we're going to shed some light on some of the linebackers that you need to look forward to heading into the 2022 collegiate season and the 2023 NFL draft season. And again, as always, shout out to our partners at Bet Online, man. Uh, but again, I'm Damian Parson, Nats, Keith Sanchez, and Keith. What's the slogan, baby? Remember, talent is always the factor. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.